Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by Crushwell, the absolute premier vodka seltzer available locally, as well as AJ Tutoring, your best resource for not just K-12 through prep, but also professional and college assistance. <sighs> the next 10 minutes are inspired by a small group of friends. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. When I was going to elementary school in uh, in Concord, I went to Ignatio Valley Elementary. <sighs> I had three friends. Okay, I actually had four, but Mike Galande kind of dropped out around second or third grade. He had some things going on. But uh, my other three friends that stuck with me all the way through were were Brett Butler, Danny Willis, and Jess Pomeroy. And and these were my friends. You know, like I, I had a really good skill actually growing up. I found friends. Okay, and, and it's a difficult thing for some people, but for me, I just made friends. And I didn't have a ton of friends. My sister had a lot more friends than I did. But I had a couple really good friends. And again, these guys were like my gangsters. Jess actually lived around the uh, around the corner, which was awesome. So did Danny. So Danny and, and Jess and I actually never went to Brett's house. Um, Brett's parents had gotten divorced early on, and I think he was living in two separate households. But again, Danny Willis and Brett Butler lived right around the corner from me, so I'd ride my bike over there and hang out. And we'd have a good time. And as we got older, as as happens, you learn a lot from your friends. And you do stupid things, and they call you out. And, you know, that's not very fun. But you listen to them when you do stupid things. And the majority of the time when you're in elementary school, your friends are, you know, just friends. You guys just have fun together. Because when you're in third grade, you're not really calling each other out. And if you are, there's some kind of issue, <laughs> issue brooding there. And then as we moved into high school, uh, Danny and Brett and Jess kind of did did some different stuff than I was doing. I was way into sports and was way into math and music. And they didn't they weren't in the band, uh, you know, and they weren't on the water polo team or wrestling team or swim team. Um, and they weren't in love with math. I, I really, really liked math. I was a horrendous writer until I got halfway through college. But again, we just kind of had different interests. And as such, I developed different friends. You know, and, and these friends, this is the thing, these friends I made in high school. So they didn't have the ties to elementary school where the only thing we were doing were, was having fun. These friends I made, Adam Schumann, Mike Schumann, these friends I made and they were real friends and they were far closer to adult friends than, than anything else. And accordingly, we made mistakes and we really called each other out for it. I remember one time when I was on the swim team, Adam Adam Schumann was two years older than I was. Shout out Danville Music, by the way. Adam is the uh, the proprietor over there. Go check him out. Adam was captain of the swim team, and I was a sophomore on the swim team, and I was like a cranky 16-year-old. I don't know what my problem was. I always, you know, found criticism and fault with people. I was I was always very, you know, poo-poo on tradition and culture and, and silly things. You know, I, I'm an average teenager, right? And Adam came up with some really funny cheer. Now, mind you, he was captain of the swim team. And Adam wasn't a tremendous swimmer, but he was a great guy. And that's why people that's why people voted for him to be swim captain. And I kind of like said something critical of it. And he said, yeah, but you never like any of my cheers. And then he just kind of walked away. And Adam really put me in my place that day. Now, again, just like in, in elementary school and high school, I didn't have that many friends. I had good friends. But I didn't have that many. And I was, I've never been interested in quantity over quality. 
And Adam saying that to me really made me take a step back. Another dear friend that's still a dear friend to this day, Austin Hanks, he said the same thing. I was giving him a hard time over the summer. Again, swim team together, and we're on some camping trip, and I made some little comment to him. And he was like, Matt, why would I listen anyway? And he just kind of walked away. Now, I had both of these comments coming because I was being a jerk, okay? And I was being critical. I was being snippy. I don't know what my problem was. And both of these guys just had to say one thing. And I was like, oh, oh, you need to take a step back and assess this. And I did. I did. I mean, I obviously remember both of these instances to this day. And, you know, sorry, Adam. Sorry, Austin. My bad. But the thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is that it used to be that you didn't have that many people you interacted with. And again, in my case, as I've said several times now, I don't have that many friends. And I talked to even fewer people, right? Because you could say, hey, look, you're on the swim team. And I was captain of the swim team and water polo team and wrestling team all my senior year. And so you, you could say, hey, you had a lot of friends. You were on these different teams and you should have at least been friends with a certain number of people. Fine. Yeah, look, I was friends with with some people, but I wasn't good friends with a lot of people. And I confided in even fewer people and listened to criticism from even fewer people. Like when it came down to it, I really only listened to criticism from like one or two people. And I even maybe even talked to just three or four people, you know, and then I was friends with maybe, you know, 10 people. The issue now, though, is that you end up talking to so many people unintentionally. Okay, and I put out these podcasts, and I have no idea who listens. I know the numbers, you know, and hundreds of people are listening. So that's cool, right? Like, thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure why people do at times, but but they are. So great. But I'm not, I, I don't even necessarily know the people that are listening. I get anonymous text messages and emails from people all the time, you know, and not all critical. They're actually, surprisingly, some people just write and they don't want to, they don't want to give me their name, but they're like, no, 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 I'm a fan. I really like what you do. I'm not giving you my name, but like you're on it, all this stuff. And I find that so interesting for a number of reasons. But the point is that I get feedback from people that I'm not friends with. I'm not engaged with them intentionally at all. And what's shocking to me is how affected I get at times by criticism. Right now, again, as a younger person before social media, I would take criticism from maybe one or two people, okay? And that's because I just didn't talk to that many people. And, and the people I was talking to, again, I, I kind of boil it down. But recently I've been criticized on social media. Not a surprise. Everybody has. And perhaps, you know, hey, look, it's my fault. I stick my neck out there and, and say what I'm thinking, which very few people do. And I took this criticism and it affected me. And I was kind of like, oh, no. Somebody doesn't like me. Somebody doesn't agree with what I'm doing. Oh, no. But after thinking about why, it's so obvious. Because the world I grew up in, the world that I became an adult in, was this, you know, vast world. We had people all around. But you wouldn't talk to those people, you know? And even if you happen to be talking to 10 people, you know, throughout the week, you talked to, you actually meaningfully talked to 10 people and gave, you know, your personal perspective on something to 10 people. If five of them came back, or, or excuse me, if, if one of them came back 
it, it would kind of surprise me. And I would deeply listen to just a couple of them. But I wouldn't be talking to more than 10 people. And I would self-select those 10 people who I even talked to. So it's kind of like it, it was so rare to find somebody that you could really set you off as far as reconsidering your life. And even with that, if you talk to 10 people, you know, any of them, because you're self-selecting them, could get you to at least reconsider or, or consider your position. And now, because of the, the vastness of our communication ability, I find myself taking criticism from people who I don't know, who I will never meet, some of which don't want to give me their real name. And I, I have no reason to suspect this person isn't aligned with me or not. And it's like, when I was younger, I gave permission to the people around me to criticize me. I gave permission to those people just by talking to them. I would divulge personal thoughts or, or personal accounts of things, and or I would act in a, in a personal way with them. And in doing so, I gave them permission to get after me and say, like, hey, look, Matt, I love you, but I think you missed the mark. Right now, the way social media is, it's like we all have just de facto permission to criticize. And we, the recipients of the criticism, are supposed to treat it as valid, as if as if the person who I don't know, I've never met, I've never had a conversation with, and won't talk to me on a podcast, has some valid position in my life, like one of my three friends from elementary school, like he's Je Jess, uh, Jess Pomeroy or something, or like Danny Willis. No, and he's not, and this person's not Adam Schumann either. Like the, the people that come after me now, I realize are so far removed from anything that I would have ever considered giving agency to to listen to criticism. It's it's laughable. Like, it might as well be a crazy person on a street corner who overheard a conversation I was having. Like, people I always had to deal with in Berkeley. They just, like, all of a sudden start screaming at me. Right? Like, that's pretty much how valid you are. And it's, it's one of those things that I, I really think people should start considering. When did you give permission away to someone, right? Like, why should somebody else tell you what you can and can't talk about? You have given permission to, to them to give you permission, right? The, you, don't, you don't have any relationship to this person, yet they can get you to stop talking if they criticize you enough. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't give away permission, right? Like, they don't have value in your life. They don't know you. This is somebody random talking online. And if it happens to be a family member criticizing you online, pick up the phone and call them, okay? Or, or shoot them a text. Take it offline, okay? But aside from that, if somebody's criticizing you online, you don't know this person. It doesn't even, you couldn't pick them out in a crowd. Their, their photo is a, a, you know, profile photo is a, a photo of a couple shoes. You don't know these people. Don't give them permission to give you permission to continue talking, they don't have that authority. You don't know them. And all likelihood, you grew up around people that you and you surrounded yourself with good people. And if they told you, hey, you're off the mark like my friends did, it meant something. Guess what? These are not those friends. These are not those friends. And if somebody is really that important to you, they shouldn't be doing it on social media. Don't give away permission to people to validate and give you permission to do what you want. That's ridiculous. I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.